0: The following is a Thunderbolt West Media Production.
1: We all know what the problems are. Today I'm going to be talking about solutions.
0: You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky on fire was in their eyes.
1: It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving, so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God, and number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios,
0: located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations, WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on
1: demand on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith, and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for joining me, everyone. I really appreciate it. Well, today's show is going to be all about solutions, because, frankly, I'm getting sick of coming on this show, and also Truth to Ponder when I guest host there, and just talk about problems. Now, I know I offer solutions mixed in with the problems, but we all see the problems and they're everywhere. So, let's concentrate on the other end of this. Let's concentrate on solutions. I just got off the phone talking with a wonderful couple that lost their bug out location, which was their residence, in a horrible fire. And they lost all their preps, they lost their animals, they lost uh, they lost everything. Vehicles, family pictures, family Bibles, you name it, they lost it. They simply had a devastating fire. And I'm setting up a fundraiser, and I will be giving you more information very soon. I just want to let you know that I'm still working on that. But I just got off the phone visiting with this couple, and what a wonderful couple they are. And they were talking about my show and the way I talk about solutions being one of the strong points of my show and I agree, I think that is one of the strong points of my show. Even if some of my solutions are not quite, shall we say, the best solution out there. Maybe it's the best I can think of, but I've never said I was the smartest guy in the room, and I'm not going to start saying that now. But we all but we agreed that there's an awful lot of people that think they're prepped up but they have not started learning how to use what they're prepping. In other words, they bought the powdered food, but they haven't tasted it yet. They haven't used it yet. And the reason they haven't used it is because they're saving it for an emergency. Well, while I understand that, you can take items out of your survival food and use those items and then simply replace them. Just buy more to replace what you use. Simple things like that, getting ready to understand what it's like to be off-grid, especially in a crisis situation, is not easy. You're not just going to open the box and pull out your generator and say, Okay, well, we have the generator. We're just going to live our life as normal. Things don't work that way. And as I talked with this couple, we discussed knowing how much current different appliances draw, in other words how fast they're going to drain your batteries, how much power you actually use and how much power you actually really need to use as opposed to what you already use if you're on grid. We tend to be very wasteful and you can't be wasteful and be off grid. Those two things just don't go together and so you have to become very efficient. And so those are the things I'm going to start talking about in this show of solutions, is start living your life as you think you might have to live it if we do have this crisis that I think is coming. I hope it doesn't, but I think it will. But if it does, you may say you're ready because you have a whole pantry full of food. But if it's food that you've never used before, that you don't know how to prepare, and your family may not even like this food, and I'm talking about the freeze-dried powdered food. Or if you go out and buy a bunch of canned meat or something on sale, let's say you go buy in bulk and you buy a case or two of canned meat, and let's say it's a brand you've never had before, go ahead and open a can or two of that meat and find out how to make it taste better how to use it in recipes. Start training yourself today for an uncertain tomorrow. That's one of the biggest solutions that I can offer. Because too many times we think that we can just seamlessly go from one thing to another and not have it change our lifestyle. And if we do get into World War III, your lifestyle is going to change so dramatically that you're not going to recognize it. And so if you start practicing now on rationing, practice ways to preserve food, even if it's just preserving your leftovers, you have to learn how to take care of the things that you have. In something that might last you, let's say, one meal today, learn how to stretch that out into two or three meals. Sometimes just simple additions, as in adding flour or eggs or something else to your meal, will actually stretch that meal out to where instead of one meal, it might cover two meals. And it's all a headspace. We all need to get that thought in our head that things are going to be different, but we can make them different in our favor. We can try to control how different our lifestyle is actually going to be. And if you find some favorite foods and favorite recipes in the survival food, so it's not a negative experience at all if you have to use it. And if you bought a backup generator, go ahead and shut your power off. Go ahead and turn off your circuit breaker, and that will put you off grid. Then live for a day or two off your generator. Learn how long it runs on whatever gas or whatever it uses, solar or gasoline or what have you. Find out its weaknesses and find out its limitations. Because you don't want to find those weaknesses or limitations in a crisis. Because then is not the time to find out that that you didn't buy a generator that is powerful enough for what you need. So if you have your own well and you pump water, make your generator Operate that pump. Go ahead and shut off your grid electricity and use your generator. And if you put a solar unit in as a backup or a wind generation unit as a backup, again, go ahead and throw your breaker, shut off your grid power, and make your backup power operate your house for two or three days. You're going to find you don't like the inconvenience. You're going to find that you really enjoy being on-grid, because being off-grid is a lifestyle choice that is not for everybody. It's for everybody's bank account, but not everybody's personality. But if you can learn to cope with being off-grid, and do it in baby steps, but also be progressive in how much you try to force yourself to be off-grid, and learn how to cook, learn how to maintain your house, and how to cook, and do your laundry, and do everything you need to do on a daily basis. Learn how to do that with your circuit breaker turned off, as far as turning off your power that you get from the power company. And you might say, well, with the breakers off, how are any of my appliances going to work? And if you have that question, then you've also got the answer that you better find out how to make that work. Because if you shut off the power and can't figure out how to run your washing machine, what happens if someone else shuts off the power and it's not coming back, and you still don't know how to run your washing machine? And so if you have that question of, well, how am I going to make this work if my power's off? Then this show really needs to be one you pay attention to. Well, the answer to that is with your generator, Use adequately sized, as far as the gauge of wire, heavy enough, extension cable. And try to have your generator as close to the appliance as possible. Now that doesn't mean take your generator in the house. You never take an engine in the house, as far as a gasoline or a diesel engine. Never, ever take that in your house. If that means moving your appliance, that's what it means. If that means buying a heavier extension cord because it happens to run, let's say, an extra 10 or 15 feet longer than what a normal lightweight extension cord will handle, then go buy that heavy-duty extension cord now and keep it stored with your generator. It's these little things. If you find out now while you can still go to the store and buy it, and find out now while you're not in a crisis, then you're going to be light years ahead of those people that say they're prepared, and maybe they are. Maybe they have enough saved back. But if they don't know how to use it, they're going to be on such a learning curve during a crisis that it's going to be almost overwhelming. If we do get into a nuclear conflict with Russia, and you find out that we've had major American cities obliterated, Can you believe how shell-shocked all of us are going to be that our horrible politicians led us down this road of destruction? Sure, we're going to have some anger, but mostly we're going to be in shock. And when we're in shock, we make mistakes. And when we're in shock, it's very, very hard to learn anything. And so if you have your systems in place, and have everything bought that you need to buy, and make sure everything functions, and get it in your head what it's going to take to make things function on a day-to-day basis, and put that and store that away in your thought process, then if we do have an event that makes us all go numb, even if we are walking around like zombies, at least we'll be able to function, and we'll know what we have to do. And so that's the first thing I want everyone to think about is that now you have your preps. Now what? Now comes the time to practice using what you have. The second thing I want to say about prepping is I think you need to save back enough cash that you can get by for at least a month. Now, I don't have very much money, and so it's hard for me to do that. And I'm sure it's hard for a lot of people to do that as well. But you need to find out what it takes to get by for a month. And I would start out with a bare-bones figure. This is just keeping the household together and keeping everybody fed. It's not paying any bills. It's just scraping you by. Find out how much it's going to take to scrape by for at least a month. If you can do longer, that's great. The next thing you need to figure out is how to get by with your bills being paid, how much it's going to take. And on any figure that you come up with, I would add 15% on top of that, just in case you were a little light with your numbers. Or if inflation comes up, that 15% might not cover everything, but it'll go a long ways to lessening the blow. And so add 15% to those two figures. Now, there's a third figure that if you have enough money that you need to do. Those who are scraping by, there's no need to doing this because it really doesn't pertain to you. But those who have some money in the bank and have a good income coming in, come up with a figure that is not bare bones, not necessarily being extravagant, but where you're living very nice, very comfortable. And so come up with that amount of money that you would have to have for a month to live comfortably. And like the other two, add 15% to that to make up for any mistakes that you might have made or, as I said, inflation. And of course, you'd work on your first number first. That's the bare bones. Go ahead and get that much money saved back. Put that money in a safe location and make sure you can get your hands on it very easily. In other words, don't take it to a bank or give it to anyone else. Keep physical control of this money. And go ahead and put it away and don't touch it. And if you can come up with that much money for that first month, you can either save up for month number two on the bare bones, or you can go ahead and go for that middle number to get your bills paid and keep you current and then you can work on that if you happen to reach that goal then you can work on the second month there or if you want to still work on that one month go ahead and add that extra money so you can live better now me personally I would rather save back for six months as far as being a bare-bones minimal. I'd rather have that saved away than one or two months of living very high. I would rather do that than have the other two numbers that have you paying your bills and actually living more comfortably. But I think if you want to hit a happy medium, go ahead and pick that second number, the one with the bills paid. In whichever plan you decide to go for, try your best to get as many months prepaid, saved back, money that you can get a hold of. Try to get that saved, and so, while everyone else is scrambling to survive, you will have already gone a long ways to take care of yourself. And I have to say here, don't tell anyone you're saving money back. Just keep that within the family. And I certainly wouldn't tell the kids or tell anyone in your family that has a tendency to talk. But I think you need to go ahead and get this all ready to go. And financially, that will help you. And that's another solution.
0: Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show.
1: I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on VeteranBrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to VeteranBrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there. And on that platform, I'm the Living Off Grid Show. And I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at VeteranBrigades.com. Solutions for topic number three is self-defense. Now I have a listener named Art that thinks you need to get very good at silent weapons. And I agree with him. He was talking blowguns and knives and bows and arrows. And while I've never used a blowgun, I have used a bow and arrow and I have used knives. And I do think that instead of spending a whole bunch of money on one gun or several boxes of ammunition, you can buy some personal protection that's very low-tech that might be just as handy as having a handgun, at least in a close situation. And so I would recommend buying a machete, the type you would use for really heavy jungle clearing or farm work of some kind. And also, how about a baseball bat, or one of these bats that truckers use to check their tires. And then, of course, you have pocket knives and all sorts of things that you can carry. And I'm not saying to go harm anyone. I'm just saying to have these handy just in case you're attacked. You have to defend yourself. And whether you're using handguns or one of these silent weapons, make sure you have enough of them in strategic locations that, let's say, you're out in the garage and you have your back to the door and you're working on your car or you're doing something in your garage and you don't see. There's some people that have come into the garage through the open door because your back's to them. And then all of a sudden, they surprise you. All of your personal protection is going to do you no good if you can't get your hands on it. And so you have to assess the danger level of your neighborhood and whatever's happening in the news, what people are reacting to or overreacting to, And keep a weapon as close as you think you need to keep it. I had a friend that had an antique store, but he was also a gunsmith. And a lot of people knew he had some really good guns. And also he was along a highway, and he was always afraid that people would come and try to rob him. And he was older, and he was crippled. He couldn't walk very well. But throughout his store, every three steps was an item of personal protection. And so, if someone came in, if he could walk three steps in any direction, he would have the ability to defend himself. Now, you might say that that's very paranoid and excessive. Well, it worked for him, and he was never successfully robbed, ever. And I remember I mentioned to him, I said, Al, aren't you afraid of being in here by yourself and having someone come in and try to rob you? And he smiled, and he said, I would pity anyone that would try to do that. He said, you haven't seen them because they're all hid, but he said, every three steps in this whole building, no matter which direction I go, I have something that can knock you down. Of course, he was a gunsmith, and so, of course, I'm talking handguns, but he had handguns and derringers and all sorts of different weapons, stuffed who knows where, every three steps throughout that whole store. And I have another friend that has a store that actually wears his revolver on his hip. And he knows most of his customers. And if he has a stranger walk in, he'll say hi to him, but he'll make sure that the stranger sees that he's packing. And that's another thing that's a good deterrent is if they think that you're not an easy target, they think they're going to have to work pretty hard to overcome your defenses. That's another thing that you can do is is to show people you're well-armed. Now, each state varies as far as concealed carry and open carry. But I know that in his store, a lot of people that were going to shoplift from him didn't because they saw that they were going to get in more trouble than they wanted to have. But I have a Scottish weapon called a dirk, which is a dagger that you carry on your belt. And while the Scots were known for their big claymore swords, they would rather fight with their dirks because they were lighter weight and you could thrust with those really good where the claymores were so heavy. But while you're thinking personal protection, think of duplicating. If you're a person that wants to have handguns as your only personal protection, well, you might want to get several handguns and have them in strategic locations. Now, of course, if you have children or anyone in the house that should not be handling a gun, you're going to have to be very careful of how you place your guns and whether you even have any ammunition right there, and you're going to have to be very careful about leaving anything that's loaded. And so if you have children, you're going to have to put it out of the children's reach, and you're going to have to keep the bullets in a separate location or something. Because the last thing you want is having an accidental shooting in your house. And unfortunately, that's very common. And so while I'm saying that you should do some things for your personal protection, don't do it at the expense of harming your family or putting them in harm's way by having something very deadly within their grasp. So you're going to have to really use discernment, and you're going to have to do this one right. You can't do this one helter-skelter. And that goes for any knives or bows and arrows or anything else that you may want to place around strategically. Now, I know personally, I think it's a great plan that at every doorway of your house, you should have some way to protect yourself. If you have a basement in your house, you need to have access to a weapon at the bottom of your basement steps and possibly even at the top. Of course, personal protection, where you sleep, I think is vital, and also where you eat, where you spend lots of time. Let's say you have a room where all the family gets together to play cards or watch television or whatever, I think that something should be there also. So I'm saying you need to have multiple ways to defend yourself, but just make sure that everything is done with the utmost care and so the wrong hands don't get a hold of these weapons. And another good plan, when you're talking about rifles, shotguns, and handguns, is to save back some money, and so every month or so, buy an extra box or two of shells for each gun you have. And do that until you have enough shells to adequately protect your family for a very extended period of time. I would say three to six months. And also, as far as personal protection, I think it would be a great idea to have an alarm system. Now, you can get one of these electronic alarms, but if we lose electricity, then they're not going to work. And so you're going to have to learn how to make physical alarms. And sometimes just 10 cans tied together by a string just placed out in your yard at night. People would come in at night, they would trip on that, and they'd clang the cans together, and you would know exactly what was going on. You would know there was someone in your yard. Or if you're trying to secure a driveway, and you want to know when someone's driving into your driveway, all you have to do is to go buy an old-fashioned wooden clothespin, the type that has a spring in the center. And what you do is on one of the fingers, you go ahead and drill a hole in the wood and stick some electrical wire through that hole. You might take some glue and glue it down. You do that on each finger and make it to where when the clothespin closes, it completes the connection. And I would recommend using a ground for your connection. So I would come off a car battery off the negative post run it to one of the fingers on the clothespin, and then hook another wire to the clothespin on the other finger, and run that to a car horn. And then hook that to the body of the car horn or the ground. And have the positive from your battery wired directly from the positive terminal onto the terminal that's on your horn. Then what you would do is take a piece of fishing line or light rope, or other kind of thread and you would stretch that across your driveway and you would go ahead and tie one end to a post or a tree or whatever that's on the on on one side of your drive. On the other side you have your clothespin. What you do is you you go ahead and open the jaws of your clothespin and on your fishing line or your thread you will have glued a tab of paper. It can be heavy construction paper, or possibly even cardboard. Then you would clamp the jaws of the clothespin on that. I hope I'm describing this well enough for you understand where I'm getting to. Anyway, if someone comes up your driveway, walking or in a car, they will hit your thread. That will pull that piece of paper out from the jaws of the clothespin, and the jaws will come together completing a connection and your horn will honk and it won't beep at him, it will be a continuous honk and if you have a loud enough horn an alarm like that is good for a quarter or half a mile depending on what kind of terrain and what kind of neighborhood as far as how much noise is in your neighborhood but there's all sorts of very simple things you can do Like in your house with your windows, go ahead and put latches on your windows and so they can't be opened. Simple things like that. And in my estimation, keeping everything simple is the best way to go about this. And on the other side of the break, I'll pick up where I left off. I would like for each of my listeners to send me an email to let me know how you listen to this program. Whether by radio, podcast, or one of the videocasts, I'd really appreciate it. That helps me plan the future direction of this program. And I want to assure all of my listeners, I don't keep any emails or email addresses. And so your email address is 100% safe with me. It will go no farther than my inbox. In my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and I invite you to visit the website which is offgridliving.faith where you'll find links to more information on the show and also you can access every one of my Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show episodes on my website again that's offgridliving.faith If you're listening on Frequency 7490 You're listening to The Planet, WBCQ,
0: Monticello, Maine. And if you're listening to 5850, you're in tune with WRMI, Radio Miami International. And if you're tuned in to 89.3 FM, you're listening to Key Radio, Osage Beach, Missouri. enjoy the living off grid powered information show I would ask that you consider donating to the show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here this is all done by donations and we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship not that they have shut us off it's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity so we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail check money order or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope We would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska 69143. And your support is greatly appreciated. No. That's right. There's no dinosaur media here. Welcome
1: to Part 2 of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. This is Jim Calhoun and I really appreciate you tuning in today. Well, today I'm talking about solutions. And I've talked about several things. Now I'm going to talk about your mental health. As far as solving problems you're going to need to have a very clear head extremely clear because if you have to rely on your wits to survive you want your wits to be keen and sharp and so the first thing you need to do is make sure that you keep your mind uncluttered if you have to practice that then practice that and i personally know a lot of people that like to drink some beer or do some other things to alter their mood, shall we say. And those kind of things do not aid you in a clear mind. And so I would ask anyone that feels that they have to use stimulants of any kind. You need to purposely back off from those and learn how to function without them. I think that's extremely important. Now I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. But I am going to tell you that you're going to live your life longer and much more secure if your thought process is crisp and clear. And of course, as in almost all of my shows, I tell people to pray. I think praying is the strongest thing that we can possibly do. And so you need to be in prayer. Pray God's protection over you and your family. Pray for wisdom. Pray for discernment. Pray for God's will to be done in your life. And you need to practice what you profess to be. If you profess to be a Christian, you need to act like a Christian. And you need to conduct yourself accordingly. And you need to try to stay in God's will. On every issue, every time. I know it's very hard to do. But it's something that we can at least try to accomplish. And we're not living in a fantasy world. This is not a video game. We don't get an extra chance. We have this one life to live, and so we have to make the right decisions and do the right things. And so you need to really train your mind to automatically go to the right place to have the right type of thought. I'm acquainted with several people that when hard times come or a bad day or what have you, they get really angry. And they take it out on everybody and everything. And that doesn't solve anything at all. Just being angry. If you do have feelings of anger, you need to channel those emotions. And you need to control them. And need to use them constructively instead of destructively. And there's other people who I've known that instantly will panic. And I've got to tell you that panicking is the worst thing you can do. I don't understand why anyone would advocate panic in any way, shape, or form. So if you feel panicky, well, welcome to humanity. We all have those feelings sometimes, but don't give in to those feelings. Don't panic. Rely on your faith. And as the old saying goes, suck it up, buttercup. Get as tough as you need to be, as the situation requires. And so don't be the type of person that says, Well, I'm prepared, and if things happen, I'll just roll with the flow. That's not a very good plan. If you think things are going to happen, use your own judgment, because nobody here on earth has all the answers. And sometimes people think something is just exactly perfect the way they have it planned out, and nothing could be further from the truth that everything goes just totally the wrong way. And so we're going to have to be able to cope with changing our method of operation in midstream. If it's not working, we need to say, it's not working, and turn and do something different. That doesn't mean you give up your goal. It just means you give up the means of which you're trying to achieve your goal. A perfect analogy is if someone wants to cross a river, and they try to cross a river several times, and they feel like they're going to get swept away, and so they go back. So they change their method of operation and they get a boat and they paddle across. That's all I'm saying. You have to be flexible enough to understand when things are not working and you've got to have different plans, plan A, plan B, plan C and so on that you can rely on to go ahead and meet your goal even if it's done by a totally different method. Which leads me to another solution that we all need to do. We need to sit down and write down what goals we have. If our goal is just living day to day and surviving, well, that's not much of a goal. I guess it's better than no goal at all. But I think we need to write down exactly what we think we need to get out of life if things get out of hand. If we get embroiled in World War III or the economy collapses or what have you, we need to have a solid foundation. Of goals that we want to achieve in these circumstances. And then you have to think about that goal, put it foremost in your mind. You might write it down on a piece of paper and put it on the headboard of your bed, or put it on your table, and so you see it every time you go in your house, or put it on a magnet on a refrigerator. Put those goals really deep in your subconscious. And in that way, you won't forget that you're striving to meet these goals. And then every day, do something to get you closer to reaching that goal. Again, it's baby steps, but I think we need to do baby steps in lots of places because baby steps are better than no steps at all. Another solution that we can have is find like minded people and buddy up with them. I think that good people. Need to be like the water buffalo. When they're threatened, they get in a circle, very tight circle with horns out. That keeps the predators away. Well, I think that we need to do the same thing. All good people need to band together. And we need to have each other's back. And we need to love each other and care for each other. And be there for one another. I think that's very important. That we have people in our lives that we can count on. Through thick or thin, no matter what. That kind of reminds me of a true story that's in my family. When my great-grandmother was giving birth, my grandfather was the only one old enough in the house to go for help, and he was only 10 years old. And the other children were way too young, and there were no other adults in the house other than my great-grandmother. And she was giving birth and having trouble. But to top everything else off is that there was a blizzard happening, and it was at night. And so my great grandma had to rely on her son, my grandfather, at 10 years old to get on horseback and ride to the nearest ranch that neighbored my family's ranch and get help. And that was 10 miles in a blizzard. Now, that's no easy thing to do, but my grandfather had a wonderful horse, and ranches were few and far between, and so these horses kind of knew each other's ranch, because people would ride to the neighbor ranch to visit. So the horse kind of already knew which direction he was headed, as my grandfather headed him that direction towards that ranch. And they made it in time to get help to my great-grandma, and she gave birth to a healthy child. Now, why I tell the story is we have to count on someone that's going to be there for us just like my grandfather was not going to let his family down. He was only 10 years old, and he had to face a blizzard on horseback. That's extremely scary for an adult. That's very dangerous to do. But my grandfather was not going to fail. We need to have people in our life that's like my grandfather was to his own mother. He was not going to fail her, and he didn't. And so when I say buddy up, I'm not talking about people to get together to drink coffee or play cards. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that will literally give their life to save your life. I'm talking real friendship here, the real thing. Because anything less than that, you're really gambling on whether that person is going to be there. And so choose your friends very wisely. And also, let your friends know that they can count on you. We need to really have each other's backs, because if things get as bad as I think they're going to, that might be the only thing that's going to save us, is that special relationship that we have within our inner circle. So, if you don't have that kind of relationship with anyone, it's really past time to start building, but I'm going to say, start building those relationships now seems like the hour goes by so fast when you're talking about solutions another solution you need to really have worked out is your water supply how you're going to pump your water if you have a well and if you're on municipal water you need to have a plan on how to have water in your house you need to have all of this figured out and all the kinks worked out you need to have that done now while you still can. And solutions concerning bug-out locations. Maybe your bug-out location is going to end up being a tent that you pitch out in the middle of nowhere, which I hope that's not where you decide to do, but but maybe that's the only option that you're going to have. Or you want that as a secondary option to a bug-out location. Let's say that you're 100 miles away from your from your bug out location and things get really bad and you can only make it 50 miles before you can't make it any farther but there is an area that you can dart off into the wilderness so to speak and you could pitch a tent for a few days and so I think it would be a good idea to have a tent or other kind of structure that's not permanent something you can just put up and take down very easily I would really take a good look at that and of course, you want the tent to be the right size. You want it to do the right things. You need to practice unboxing it and reboxing it. You need to practice pitching the tent and setting it all up and tearing it down. You need to practice that and do that several times and get and get it in your head what it's going to take to get this tent up and operational. And so there again, I'm asking you to practice with the things that you have. And when it comes to cooking, practice cooking with wood or corn cobs. I've even seen cookers that use newspaper that you just crumple up. And I've seen cookers that are made, with, made out of shortening, that you put a wick in shortening. I've, I've seen cookers made out of candles. And of course, you have your traditional bonfires and wood fires. And whatever method you decide to cook in a crisis situation, let's say that you're going to use a candle cooker. Go ahead and start cooking meals with your candles. Find out how long it takes. Really experience it, and so it's not scary. And so it's not something you're doing for the first time under severe stress because there's an event happening that's ruining part of our country or part of the world. So again, I'm asking you to get all the kinks out and practice. And I've done shows that I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again in this show. As far as communication goes, if cell phones are still functional, have an extra cell phone battery that's fully charged and keep it with you in a safe place. Make sure it can't spark an arc in your pocket or anything like that because you don't want to have any catastrophes like that. But if your phone should go dead, you simply could pop the battery out and replace it with the battery with your spare battery. And if you can have two spare batteries that are charged, that's even better yet. But I would get a solar phone charger. They're not very big. They're about the size of a smartphone. All you have to do is set that in the sun, and it'll charge your phone. It might take it several hours, but it's good. And also, it's a battery pack of its own. So when it charges, it'll have a battery on the charger itself to where, even after you charge it with the sun, let's say it's nighttime and you got to charge it again, you're going to still have a charge inside this solar-powered battery phone charger to where you can access that. So you can get several charges on your phone out of one session of sitting that in the sun. I would also have an extra wall power supply just in case the grid does not go down or if you decide to power your house with solar, wind, or a gasoline generator or however you decide to do it. I would get that extra phone charger now and have it in a very handy place to where you can get to it very easily. And of course, I would have a shortwave radio, and I would get one that was decent. You don't have to spend a lot of money, but don't get those really cheapies either. And I'd also have a CB radio that's tested and ready to go. Make sure you have your SWR set. Make sure you have the right length of antenna wire and the right type of antenna. And if you want to go all out, you can put a base station in your house. And you may never have to use the CB. But they're not that expensive, and it's better to have that as peace of mind. And you always have to remember that everything is going to stay local. The worse things get, the more local you're going to have to be. Because local communities are going to have to watch out for themselves. They're going to have to watch out for their neighbor. They're going to have to watch out for their friends and watch out for their own house. And so I think local communication will be vital. And if cell phones are knocked out and landlines are knocked out, I think one of the best ways is a two-way radio or CB radio. And if you get a two-way radio, you won't be able to communicate as well as with the CB But if you have family members that live in your area, let's say within one or two miles of your house, well, that might be a good thing to think about, is to buy several business band radios, little handheld, I guess you would call them walkie-talkies, back in the good old days. But make sure they're high quality and have some power, and make sure that everyone knows what frequency you're going to be using. And there again, I would practice talking to these people. I would practice talking on the CB. I think it's really vital that you know how to handle all these things that you're using to prep with. I think that is probably the most vital thing we can do. And since this show is airing in the summer, I think it'd be a very good idea to get ready for next winter right now as far as clothing, bedding, Make sure you have enough extras that if the power does go out or we lose natural gas or whatever, however you heat your house with, if we have issues, make sure you can really bundle up. And right now you can go to thrift centers or Goodwills or anything like that and buy winter clothing right now really cheap. Because there's no demand for winter clothes in the middle of summer. And so that's when to buy. I think it's very important to have extra socks and other garments you have to change quite often as far as if they get wet. Gloves would be another thing I would have plenty of. And so there's lots of ways to prep, but I think that no matter how you prep, you need to practice right now before we have any kind of incident. Well, before I go today, I would like to kind of give you an update of why i think it's so important for you to practice getting ready for the big event that never seems to happen but i really do think that we're being lulled into a false sense of security and when it happens it's going to happen so hard fast and strong that it's going to be like trying to stand on the deck of a ship in a hurricane i think it's going to be really slippery very treacherous And I think that everything that you can have automatic as far as knowing how to cook your food and get to your bug out location and just the things you need to do on a day-to-day basis to survive, I think those need to be so well thought out in your mind that every movement is well thought out and very efficient. Because I think that this is about to pop off. I've said this for over a year. I know a lot of people are starting to wonder about all of us out here on the airwaves saying, get ready, prepare. Well, I'm different than most. I don't sell anything. I'm not telling anyone to buy anything at all. For me, I think that there are things you should buy, but I'm not selling anything. For what that's worth. But I really think that we can't trust anybody. Joe Biden is getting more senile and decrepit by the day. And also Medbedev, who was Putin's number two man, and also he's probably a little bit more of a war hawk than Putin. He thinks that illegitimate Joe has gone senile and knows that he's soon to die and he's trying to take as many of us with him as he can. Now, sending cluster munitions over to Ukraine is Asinine. It's foolish. I don't know why the West, and I'm talking about the media and the government, all of the governments, why do they think that Russia is just a punching bag and that they're just going to take punches? Russia is in the midst of doing something that I'm going to talk about on my episode of Truth to Ponder this Wednesday. We're seeing a change in the whole world. We're seeing a actually seeing a new world order that's not the new world order. It's a new world order, not the new world order. But we're seeing it evolve right in front of our face. And I'm talking about the BRICS nations. But we can't trust anything that comes out of Russia because all of this mutiny of the Wagner group, that was all just smokescreen. It was just hogwash. I don't know how much of that was even true. I don't know if anything was actually destroyed. I know I saw videos of a plane going down and a a troop transport getting blown up, but who knows if that was just stock video footage from the war in Ukraine. I don't know. But I do know we can't trust anything coming out of Russia, and that goes triple for anything coming out of Ukraine. The Ukrainians are as bad as Baghdad Bob back in the Iraq war because you can't believe anything that they say. And that also applies to China and England and Germany and Norway and the Netherlands and Belgium, United States, Japan, Australia, doesn't matter. They're all playing the same games and they're all lying to us. And so it's up to you to protect your family. I say that all the time, but I want you to really understand that you're not going to call 911. There's no one going to come to your rescue. It's got to be you that rescues your family. And if you're not up to the task, well, then your family is in horrible trouble. That's just my opinion. And I do hope I'm wrong. But that's why I do my broadcasts. I'm trying to get as many people as possible to be on your toes and be alert. I've been compared to the watchman on the wall and also Paul Revere. And I will take either one of those because Being a watchman on the wall is one of the most important jobs a person can have, and we all know Paul Revere, what he did for our country. I'm honored to be compared to that for yourself and your family and your community. And I do wish all of my listeners all of the best in anything that may hit us. And I hope the right ears heard this show today. I really want to help. That's the only reason I'm broadcasting, is I'm trying to help. And I know that sometimes the simple answers to the questions are the best answers. And I know this show has been very simplistic today as far as the type of answers I've come up with. But life is so complicated, and there's so many things going on that we really need to get to the rubber meets the road nitty-gritty of things and get a handle on it. I really appreciate you tuning in today, and I would ask that you consider donating to this program. Now donations are down simply because of the economy, and also it's the middle of summer and people are out doing what they do and they're spending money on vacations, and and people are spending their money for recreational activities. But if you have an extra dollar or two, I would appreciate you considering donating to this show. Because it's only because of donations such as yours that I'm able to bring you this show. Because I have to buy the airtime. And airtime is not cheap. And I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart. I'm not doing this to make money. That's not the reason at all. I'm here to help. And if you would like to donate, I take checks, money orders, or cash. You would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143. And again, thanks for listening, and until next time, everyone, get practiced up. Your life may depend on it. Be strong. Be brave, keep your powder dry, but most important of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.